Like if you need to have say three or four conversations with somebody to reasonably turn them into a client mm -hmm. and you know, you're, you're doing 80% follow-up or 90% follow-up, you're going to lose half or more of your opportunities just because you didn't follow up just because you got busy and it was overwhelming. Welcome to the business ownership podcast brought to you by awareness strategies, helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I'm here with my most amazing guest, Ruben Ruben. Thank you so much for being here with us today. My pleasure, Michelle. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So give us a highlight of who you are and what you do for business. Well, the short version is I accidentally built the fun anti-CRM for independent consultants who love serving clients but hate selling. It's really, looking back, I built what I wished I had had when I was an independent consultant who was doing a great job for clients, ironically enough, in sales and marketing consulting, uh, but struggling tremendously with my own sales and marketing, along with trying to use the tools that were really built for my much larger clients. Nice. I love it. So let's kind of back up the bus. And how did you get into building your own software? Because you know, most of us go, oh, this sucks. I don't like this. And we complain about it. And nothing happens. How did you actually <laughs> build your own CRM? Well, I fought it every step of the way because it, it's just as crazy as you think it sounds. Uh, but I am a software person by training and sort of by temperament. And so sales and marketing was sort of the weird place for me to be. Yeah. But I was building sales and marketing software. And then I started consulting around that. And I would build a lot of tools for clients. That was all fine. And I'd love to say that I had a light bulb go off and I realized, well, wait, why are we building all these cool things for our clients? And we're stuck with things that don't work for us, but that's not what happened. I just started doing things little bit by bit to make my life easier. Like I wanted to know if someone had read my proposal. So I wouldn't be leaving those lame voicemails like, Hey, just wonder if you got my proposal. Let me know if you have any questions. Um, and I started telling some people about the experience I had when I first sent a proposal this way. And people were like, Oh, wow, that's really cool. I would love to have that too. Can, can I have that? And so I took this thing that I had made as just a little tool really for myself and turned it into an app and people started asking for more stuff. And I started saying, okay, you know, I'm not, I'm just doing this proposal thing. I'm not here to like help you get more leads or any of that stuff. Let me just make some recommendations for you. And the process kind of repeated itself where I realized there were tons of tools out there, but they weren't built for this tribe. And so that's why it was like, kind of like you can see when you're helping someone else, what was staring you in the face for years when I was in their position, but I couldn't see it because I was too close to it. And then people started saying, Hey, I love Mimarin, but I hate my CRM. Can you just make Mimarin do the CRM stuff? And <laughs> I was like, no. So easy. no, yeah, no I was I like, are you nuts? Of course I can't do that. And the world doesn't need another CRM. And if for some reason it did, I would be the last person to build it. I hate CRMs. And they were like, that's why you should do it. And I was like, no, 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 that would be crazy. Blah, blah, blah. Right? And you can see where this is going. But I eventually I got so frustrated that I just couldn't do really basic things that I thought a CRM for our tribe should do. Like I want to keep track of my referrals. I want to make it really brain dead simple to follow up with a bunch of people and have conversations with them and spend my energy like we're doing right now, having a conversation as opposed to organizing and managing all the logistics that I thought the computer should do for me. And so at some point I just got so annoyed that I couldn't do these basic things that I was like, okay, maybe I should listen to my customers and make this thing a CRM. <laughs> and so I call it an anti-CRM because 
traditionally CRMs are built for the VP of sales to keep track of the sales team. And that's a, a worthy and noble goal. We can debate about how well that goal is achieved, but you know, there's nothing wrong with that per se, but when you're an independent consultant, you are the VP of sales, you are the sales rep, you are the VP of marketing, you're the marketing analyst, you hate all of these jobs and you're trying to do them all in your spare time. And so the thing that that you need, if you're like the VP of sales at a Fortune 500 company, right? Like you, you need a freaking space shuttle and you need NASA and you need all this stuff to organize everything. But that's just overwhelming when you're trying to do this stuff in a few hours a week and you don't really like it. Right. So talk to me about that. The anti-CRM, I think, is hilarious, entertaining and fascinating because to me, the CRM is kind of the central component to everything that happens. It's like, I want to know who my clients are and I know what I want to know what they're doing. I want to know if they like dogs. I want to know if they like cats. I want to know if they have a girlfriend, a wife, both. I don't care. I just want it all in one place so that I can go right. and find it. So when you say it's anti-CRM, I'm assuming it's not something, no offense, ClickFunnels, but like ClickFunnels where the clientele isn't the center of the the software, the the marketing aspect, the funnel is the central uh, aspect of the system. So when you're talking anti-CRM, I totally get that. I just want to make my life easier. But from a technical perspective, what is the hub of um, the activity, if you want to put it that way? Yeah, great question. And you know, I think ClickFunnels is a, is a great piece of technology. It's for a slightly different problem, right? Where right. if you get an email address, you can eventually get them to buy your e-product or online course or something like that. For the consulting tribe, you're in a relationship business, and it took me well over a decade to understand this because I, I did everything I could within my technical powers to avoid this. <laughs> but if you're in a relationship business, you're in a conversation business. Like That's just how it is. And instead of trying to do everything I could to avoid conversations, I realized eventually that like even though I'm introverted, I don't like selling, I actually like having conversations with cool people if we're talking about stuff we both enjoy talking about. Right. So really the system is about here are the set of people that I want to have conversations with. Let's make it really easy to have those conversations, including like, okay, if I want to keep track of what their dog is or their favorite ice cream or whatever that is, that might be important along with, you know, what have they used in the past for CRMs or whatever the relevant questions are. Or did in they your find, did they get your proposal and have they looked at it? <laughs> did they exactly. sign it and have they returned it back to me? <laughs> yeah. Who, who have they referred to me? Uh, who referred them to me? What do I need to do aside from just having a conversation? Do I need to send them a follow-up email or proposal or connect with them on LinkedIn or whatever it is just so I can stay organized? Because I think you're in a relationship business and I think a lot of people like me are thinking, gosh, you know, I don't really like selling. I've got all these automation tools. Let me kind of avoid the conversations. <laughs> Instead of using the tools and, and all the, the technological power to facilitate the conversations, to make it so I, I remember all the stuff I'm supposed to do, not so that I can avoid relationships. And I think, we, you know, we kind of have that image of the, the Glengarry, Glenn Ross, always be closing, uh, coffee is for closers, you know, that, that kind of icky salesperson. And, and we don't want to be that. But I try to think of it instead more like, if you're a doctor and you do a good job and and not just with the medicine, but you have good bedside manner, you you have good relationships with your, your partners, your peers, so you get good referrals. You have a waiting room full of people and you just diagnose them 
you have a good time and you're never actually selling. You're more just helping and, and seeing what's best for the patient. And that's the kind of mindset, philosophy, system, whatever you want to call it, that I'm trying to bring to consulting folks who have maybe feel a little bit squeamish about sales and marketing. Love it. Love it. So my technical brain goes in a billion different directions. Go, does it do this? Does it do this? Does it do this? Instead of me doing that, <laughs> you tell us, what does it do? What is kind of the fundamental function of it? And what can you do with the software? Okay, great question. So first of all, I'm going to share with your audience the top secret, super sophisticated secret sales plan for consultants. Yahoo. Ready? Yeah. All right. So really, really complicated. So you might right. want to write this down. Step one, because we've already determined we're in a relationship business. Therefore, we're in a conversation business. So step one is figure out exactly who you want to have conversations with. Step two is have conversations with them. <laughs> That's it. And I don't know how my my computer put the balloons in there for me. That was pretty cool. That was, um, <laughs> I, that was totally accidental. Um, but that that if you do that, good things will happen. And what I realized looking back on my career, when I didn't do that, that's when you kind of go into those feast or famine cycles, right? You get really busy with client work and you don't follow up with people. And then it's not like it's a light switch where you're just like, okay, now I'm going to ready. I'm ready. I'll let me turn it back on. It's more like a garden. And you're like, oops, the garden died. I got to start all over again. So <laughs> <All> right, <laughs> the idea is let's just make it really simple to do that. So as far as I know, this is the only CRM that helps you figure out who you want to talk to. Like, who is your ideal client? What do you do for them? How is that different than what they would do if they don't hire you? Why is that important? And what does that translate to in terms of an elevator pitch, what your homepage might look like, what your LinkedIn might look like, what a lead magnet might look like, et cetera? Because I think that's the foundational problem a lot of folks have. They can, a lot of people are so talented and they can do so many things to help different people and they don't want to limit themselves by just focusing on the ideal client. It's like, well, you have limited time, right? Like in a day, in a week, in a career, in a lifetime, why not be intentional about spending it with the people that are sort of our highest calling? Doesn't necessarily mean the people who give us the most money, although that might well have something to do with it, right? A lot of people get really frustrated with their clients because they, you know, they're arguing and they're not paying good rates. And so I was like, well, you you said that you wanted to do this at these rates. Like that's on you, right? Let's be <laughs> I, intentional about trying to find the people who who are really valuing what you do. And then how do we actually have conversations with them? I got really frustrated. Most CRMs have a next task state you can put in there. And, you know, I'm, I'm an engineer, I'm pretty OCD. So I would usually put that in there, but sometimes you just have too many browser tabs open and like it just gets lost, you get logged out. And it's like that person would just disappear. Right. And so I wanted a CRM that would say, by default, you're going to talk to Michelle every 60 days or whatever it is mm -hmm. based on how I want to classify different people. Mm -hmm. And I can always override that or say, I don't want to talk to Michelle again. Um, really? But by default, <laughs> it keeps happening. Instead of by default, you never talk to this person again. And mm -hmm. you just lose so much of your your energy and your effort if you kind of have those people disappearing, like if you need to have, say, three or four conversations with somebody to reasonably turn them into a client mm -hmm. and, you know, you're you're doing 80 percent follow up or 90 percent follow up, you're going to lose half or more of your opportunities just because you didn't follow up, just because you got busy and it was overwhelming. So I, I didn't want that to happen. Um, 
I wanted to make it really brain dead simple. Like I'm not just selling this, I'm using it as user number one. And I'm like, like if it can work for me, it can work for just about anybody. <laughs> but I wanted it to be like, just so I didn't want to have to think. I just wanted to have the conversations. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like I want yeah. to think about our conversation, but I don't want to think about who I'm supposed to be talking to next. Cause I realized when I was trying to do this, I'd have these long lists of people. Oh, Ruben, I need to follow up with all these people, but who first? And I would spend more time worrying about optimizing that instead of just having the conversations <laughs> right. and just the mental energy of trying to think about it, especially if you, you know, spend a long day with client work and you've got your kids and you've got other stuff going on. It's like, oh, I don't, I can't think about this right now. And then it doesn't happen. So instead it's like, click that green start call mode button. And it's like, here's the first person you need to talk to. Click the button to talk to them. Take your notes, hit save, takes you to the next person. And so all your energy is spent interacting with the people instead of dealing with the, the tools. And there's some cool lead magnet stuff and proposal automation in there as well. But the real essential part is that two-step sales process. Let's figure out exactly who you want to talk to and let's talk to them. And some of that kind of loops around on itself because a lot of people don't know right out of the gate exactly who that ideal client uh, is and, and what words to use to describe them. So you go talk to some of your favorite clients and they start giving you some of that language and it kind of loops back around in a virtuous cycle. Nice. Love it. So it kind of sounds like um, you have the benefit of having a list of clients like LinkedIn. You have the benefits of having your calendar with your details and kind of your notes and being able to put those in. And when you're prioritizing your list, I mean, I tell people, just take all the people off your cell phone, put them into an Excel spreadsheet, spread them out. And I've, I've already lost people. <laughs> so, so when they're looking at kind of identifying these, uh, their top people. So you, you had mentioned that I get to go in and identify how often I want to follow up with somebody. Is it because of the cadence with which I'm following up with them that they kind of float higher to the cream of my crop, so to speak, or do I just grab them and put them to the top like a spreadsheet? Well, I like to think of it as I have sort of different categories of people. So I might have my current clients. I might have past clients. I've got referral partners. I've got prospects and I've got uh, people who aren't really prospects yet, but I'm supposed to nurture. Yep. And I might have different frequencies that I want to talk to these people, right? Like prospects, I might want to make sure I'm really following up with every week, every 14 days, whatever it is, power partners, maybe I want to talk to every 30 days, right? Really nurturing those relationships via conversations so that it's not just Ruben and Michelle having a one-off conversation. It's an ongoing thing because that's really where the magic happens, right? It doesn't happen on the first conversation. It happens over time. And then I can block off time on my calendar. In fact, I am currently... This is time that I have blocked off every week on my calendar to talk to my partners. So I'm going to say that, hey, you're a partner too, because look, I'm on your podcast. How awesome is that? Um, but if we weren't on this podcast, I would click on that calendar link. It would take me into the tool and say, okay, here's the first partner you're supposed to talk to. And I can just kind of work through. I, I like to do it sort of in, in those different types of batches because I'm, okay, now I'm in partnership mode. Now I'm in prospect mode. Now I'm in client mode. That's just kind of the way my brain likes to work. But you can do it any way you want. You could even say, let me talk to everyone that I'm overdue to talk to right now. Let me try to catch up. Oh. <laughs> and then your average person going, ah, talk to me. It's been six months. 
Well, and this was a big thing when I started doing this, mm -hmm. I, you know, I had all those thoughts like these people are busy. We haven't talked in forever. Oh my gosh. It's so awkward. I'm not going to call them. And then of course, a month later, you're like, well, now it's even more awkward. Exactly. And this process can repeat as long as you let it. Mm -hmm. And again, I tell people I can do this. Anyone can do this because it was like really not in my nature. But I realized if I run into someone at the grocery store or whatever, and we catch up, I was like, hey, that was really fun. Why can't I make that happen with intention as opposed to praying that somebody thinks of me and gives me a referral, right? <laughs> like that's that's not a great way to do it. So many of us depend on referrals for our business, but we're just like, gosh, I hope I get a referral, right? We wouldn't tell our clients to be that lackadaisical about how their their core business operates, but somehow we think it's okay because we feel a little weird about it. And instead I'm like, well, you're going to naturally find the people that you really enjoy talking to repeatedly and that they enjoy talking to you and they send you people, you probably send them people doesn't necessarily have to be reciprocal, but that usually makes things nicer. Uh, and the next thing you know, you're just going to do it and it's going to feel super fun and natural. And it's going to be like, you know, when I was younger, I would see these people and, and I was like, they don't do anything. They just talk to people all day. Like what's wrong with them? And now I realize, well, they, they have spent their careers nurturing these relationships. And so they don't have to do everything themselves, right? They have a virtual sales team, if you will. And they also function as a virtual sales team for, for the other people that they care about. And I think especially when you're solo and you don't really like sales, who doesn't want to have a virtual sales team? Right. Love it. So do you keep in touch with your clients and kind of, do you have Cinderella stories of what's been going on with them? Yeah. I mean, there are some, some, some of my clients never talk to me. I'm like, I'm always sending them email like, <laughs> Hey, let's get on the calendar. Right. And some of them are like, I'm here to use your software. Go away. Um, but, but most people, and we all have that, right? Like, I don't want to talk to you. I just want to use the thing, but yeah, some of them I, I talk to on a fairly regular basis. I have weekly user groups slash happy hours, and sometimes people show up pretty regularly to that. And it's been really nice to see um, you know, that that two-step process really, really helps. And, you know, had people say, you know, I, I was able to do in a few weeks what I had spent over a year trying to do, right? Trying to like just get focused on my business and feeling really busy and really stressed but not feeling like I was making a lot of progress. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, you know, actually, I don't need to serve this whole swath of people. I can, right? If somebody comes to me and I have some free time and, and it, it makes sense, I can always accept that work. But my true calling is here. Let me go focus on that. Let me make sure I'm actually talking to all those people that I already know in that world that I was like too busy running around to actually talk to. And lo and behold, good things happen. Because busy being busy is not a business plan. <laughs> so. It's not. And it, I think, again, like I say all these things with no judgment because I have done it, done it. <laughs> worse than anybody listening. It's exactly. like, I don't like sales and marketing. I don't want to talk to people because I feel icky. So I'm going to do all this stuff that lets me check some box that says I'm doing business development. Yeah. But if you're in a conversation-based business, are you having good conversations with the right people? Like that's... If you're doing that, then good things will happen. I promise you. Maybe not every single conversation, but that's the core of your business. 
And it's not social media. It's not changing your logo. It's not blah, 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 blah. There's a million shiny objects. And I think all of those shiny objects can be worthy if they lead to more better conversations, but they're not an end in and of themselves. Thanks. Love it. So some of the struggles somebody might be having if they're experiencing feast or famine, they're really busy doing a lot of stuff, but it's not getting them the results they're looking for. It's not showing up in their bank account. What are some of the other kind of clear, distinct struggles somebody's having in their business and then going, oh my God, Ruben, I need you so bad. Well, I think part of it is, are you clear about who you're actually trying to reach? <laughs> right. A lot of times when you get busy, when you feel like you're busy, but you're not, not making the money you want, the temptation is to go broader, right? We've all been there. At least I have. And the problem is even if you succeed in that, and it tends to be really hard because now you're playing on someone else's field instead of where you are the, I like to think of it as you want to define your market. So you're the 800 pound gorilla of your market, right? Even if you're solo, especially if you're solo, like make it easy. We don't, I don't want sales and marketing to be hard. I want it to be easy. So as you go broader, it makes it harder. And as you go more focused, it gets easier. And what tends to happen is we get scarcity mindset. We just don't want to give up things, especially if, well, we, I've got three clients in that, that market. And, and one of them I even like, right? Um, and so we, we have that little kind of fear of, of going too small. And I always tell people like, you can run the math and the numbers and you can totally believe the math, but it's not going to actually convince you because it's an emotional thing. I've been through this, right? I like to think that I'm very, you know, engineering, logical, blah, 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 blah. And I can run the math and I'm like, why am I not focusing better? And it's because I think we're wired to fear scarcity, but instead think about it as, do I want my sales and marketing to be easy or hard, right? That's an emotional decision. And so we can combat the emotional scarcity issue with the emotional decision of, I really don't like to struggle with sales and marketing. I want it to feel easy and not feel like I'm actually selling anybody anything. So whenever you're thinking sales and marketing is, is hard, it's a pain in the neck, try to get more focused. That's going to make it easier. Next thing is, are you actually having these conversations with people? Like, I can't tell you how many people come to me and are like, oh, Ruben, you know, I'm doing all this stuff, but it's just not, not, not producing the results. As you were saying, it's not showing up in the bank account. Well, how many conversations did you have last week, right? Sometimes it's zero, right? They were busy, like, you know, doing stuff on social media or, you know, writing a white paper or something. And again, no judgment. I've been there, but have those conversations with the right people and good things will happen. And then the next thing people say is I'm doing those things, but I'm just not able to keep everything organized. I'm like, well, what are you using for CRM right now? And it's, you know, usually it's a spreadsheet. Sometimes people hold up a sheaf of papers or a stack of business cards or they say, Hey, I've got one of those fancy enterprise CRMs. It's just too complex for me. So I don't really log in. Or when I do log in, I'm not really sure what to do. So it's just kind of collecting virtual dust. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. And, and peeps, the reason we can come up with these examples that you can relate to is because they're examples that we've gone through. <laughs> I think we've clarified that very but... personally. <laughs> exactly. It's like, Hmm, what did I do? Oh yeah. Right. Uh, so I love it. So I know our people are going through that uh, and they're going to want more from you. How do they start the journey with you? 
Well, they can find out more at Mimarin.com, M-I-M-I-R-A-N.com. Uh, you can reach out to me, Ruben at Mimarin.com. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find my Sales for Nerds podcast. Uh, and on the site, not only do I have the CRM, of course, which is my my ultimate goal for world domination and all that, but there's a bunch of free resources there as well, like uh, proposal templates, ideas for lead magnets for your website, questions to ask before you send a proposal, et cetera, et cetera. Nice. And I assume they can, when they meet with you, they can have a little tour of the software and what it does, all that kind of fun jazz. And Absolutely. Nice. Love it. Love it. Love it. And <laughs> I love the, the templates and ideas, I think, for especially consultants, because they tend to get stuck in the, like, I don't know what people need. And I either they give away the farm <laughs> way too soon and everybody's going, oh, okay, I got everything I need right here. Or, um, or they just don't have a lead to, to bring people in. So that in itself is phenomenal. So absolutely go check it out. We will of course have all of Ruben's links in the show notes. Go ahead and scroll down, open up in a new browser because we're not done yet. So I get to ask you, Ruben, at what point in life did you know you're special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? Um, I, I'm not sure I, I'm, I've convinced myself that yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we are not crazy enough to be doing this. I think there's got to be a job somewhere. <laughs> well, I, I think I'm crazy enough. I, it's just, I don't know. Um, when I was younger, I, I was kind of burned out on the whole dot-com thing and I was trying to figure out what to do. And, you know, I, I moved to Austin instead of California and I was always like, oh, you know, various job offers in Silicon Valley and maybe I should go back. And, and I was like, you know, I was young. I felt like I had a little bit of savings and I thought if I don't start a business now, I'm never going to do it because, you know, someday I'll probably be married with children and old and lame and all that. And so I, I did. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad I did it then because I definitely wouldn't have been able to, to do it later. And I, I had to learn a, an awful lot of things the hard way. Nice. That is quite the change going from <laughs> Silicon Valley to Austin, Texas. Uh, I, we, well, I will find that the answer to that question and more, I'm sure, <laughs> with uh, cocktails after hours. But Beeps, go ahead and check out Ruben's stuff. I know you're going to absolutely love it um, because anything that can bring money in the bank that fast, that easy, clarify your business is well worth it. Ruben, you've been absolutely awesome. Any last words for Peeps? Well, just thanks so much for having me, Michelle. My whole mission is to help people avoid some of the unnecessary struggles that I went through. I feel like there's plenty of stuff, plenty of new mistakes that you can go make with your business. There's no need to repeat mine. And uh, when I see people doing that and, you know, realizing one, it's kind of nice. Cause I'm like, well, Ruben, you're not uniquely stupid. This happens to a lot of people. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, Hey guys, stop. You don't have to do it this way. There's an easier, better way. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And I know how valuable it is. Thanks so much for having me, Michelle. Awesome. Peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow. Are you running a business over seven figures but still struggling with technology headaches? Pay attention. You do not want to miss this offer. This podcast episode is brought to you by Awareness Strategies, who is offering a custom-built digital adoption roadmap for anyone running a business over seven figures who's wanting to grow their business in the next five years. And it's not just a roadmap. They offer full implementation as well. If that scares the out of you, check out awarenessstrategies.com forward slash roadmap for more details today. The link's in the show's notes. Don't regret not doing this. Do it now. That's awarenessstrategies.com slash roadmap.